Hello, and welcome to Hush Plus One. I'm your host, Adam Kruckenberg, and on today's show, we have Francisco Lopez from Mogollon Studio here in Brooklyn. Francisco is a talented and lovely multidisciplinary artist that has worked with tons of big names in the music industry, as well as brands and institutions. We were fortunate to be able to sit down and talk just before the COVID-19 lockdown in New York City, and I hope you enjoy this little time capsule as much as I did. Francisco, I'm the co-founder of Mogollon Creative Design Studio in Brooklyn, founded in 2004 with the idea of create, take on creative um, visual projects, not really sure about what, but sure. uh, the creative uh, you guys always. do a whole lot of stuff, right? Yeah, I think that uh, that uh, was part of the bliss and the problem <laughs> <laughs> that we uh, never really, you know, put ourselves as uh, a specific thing, and that was confusing, I think, for m- most people, like people that are not familiar with the process uh, and clients. They were always asking, like, what is what exactly that you do? Like design or <laughs> right. illustration or creative? And we'll say, yeah, creative. We do that we, uh, and this. And we, this. we can solve yeah, we'll, your we'll problems. Put, what do you want done? <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll make it happen. Yeah, yeah. That was, uh, was a main big issue. Also, I, I will say that we always been very ambitious. Not really ambitious about what we want to be in terms of an agency, but ambitious about every project. Like every project for us is like the world. So we like wanted to do everything. A lot of artistic ambition in what you're doing. A lot of artistic yeah. ambition. So so you come from an art background. You went to film school. Did you go yeah. to uh, art school as well for painting? Pa- painting, and printmaking, and film. And where did you go to school? Uh, museum school in Boston. Oh, cool. Yeah. And Monica, my partner, she went to MassArt next door sure same thing filmmaking so we were both um, filmmaker and we started the studio as a filmmaking really so you came to new york and you were like oh let's let's make a studio no i came to new york and before i decided to work <laughs> and do any i came to new york as an artist and i had my own uh, painting studio mm-hmm. and i had my first show at momenta gallery and i was i had a big dream like i want to just be sure and i i was one of the artists living i moved here in 2000 living in lofts in in greenpoint when that greenpoint was like really cheap i remember yeah yeah and i was able to live in a big space and create my work and then i was called by ps1 a friend working there right across the little bridge there yeah just right across the bridge at polanski and and to work on a creative film piece for for a project and we we were they gave us we, we were able to get a grant thanks to them and to work at it for a month we created a piece oh, that's so exciting yeah we, how old were you then let me see <laughs> you were young i was young i was young <laughs> yeah i remember yeah yeah just it must have been extremely exciting at the time 
Yeah, yeah, no, what for us, it was like, a, for me, it was too big for me. It was a whole film. I, need, I needed to rent cameras to get into the production, to make a storyboard, to come up with concepts. So like, how uh, do I do all this? <laughs> how am I gonna, and then I was like, is, this is the moment. This is not like any client. So this is like a moment. And then the N Architects was the studio sure. that we were working. They were creating a, a, this beautiful... They're in... They're at 68J, where we used Dumbo. to be in yeah, Dumbo. Yeah, yeah. They were creating this amazing installation called Canopy for the warm-up party. It was all made with bamboo. Remember that one? I do. Yeah. So we were we were able to create a, a video installation after the once the canopy was up in one of the rooms in, in the museum, and we shoot the whole thing in Super 8, very artistic, and it was beautiful. <laughs> Gorgeous. So then you guys uh, decided that you were going to start a studio and start your own business. Yeah, it was not our idea. <laughs> it was more Brett Littman, the actual uh, director at the moment of PS1. Uh, or He told us that, why don't you guys join forces and create a, some sort of a creative film studio that we can do. You can do projects like this for sure. museums and other things. And we were like, oh, wow, this sounds great. So on um, walking down the street, me and Monica, we were like, oh, well, let's create a studio. And, and then the name Mogollon came because uh, in Spain, the when you say something a lot I like you I, I love you a lot I say I love you mogollon it means a lot a it's lot. like a super superlative word so um, it's, yeah it looks like mogollon it's a nice word it's funny and it, in, it sounds like John like and uh, it's okay and then we can do because we didn't know what we were gonna do so we, let's do everything and so you do a lot we do a lot so that was <laughs> like a, like that that word hunt us until the end. <laughs> you're going to do a lot. You're going right. to do one thing. Yeah, that was like a funny thing. Man. This is sort of like extra. <laughs> it's a little extra. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so very quickly, you moved away from primarily doing video uh, or film uh, mm -hmm. and yeah. moved into doing a lot of like print design. Yeah. Yeah. We were always really, we were obsessed with the work of artists like Eiko Ishoka. She was a costume set designer also a graphic designer so we also we were at the moment we discovered uh, Paris also I was like a, this beautiful studio doing like print design and uh, such an artistic mixing drawing and and, all, and then following other studios that were doing things like that and a big influence Tokyo Magazine at the moment the work sure. of uh, Diane Shock as a creative director at Tokyo Magazine was a big influence on us and then I will say art in general, we were, I think working when we were with, for the first time with the uh, Fisher Spooner, one of the first projects. Do you know some of those people still like Lauren Flax or? I know a Casey. Yeah. yeah. Every time I see Casey in the street, he knows who I am and nice. he, we talk yeah. here and there. No, of course. Yeah. Yeah. And then Casey, uh, we were with indirectly with him when we did some poster for the Wooster group uh, many years after that, but uh, I know he was part of it and. But uh, yeah, yeah, I think working with him for me was a big learning process because we didn't know what the creative process was. And he opened ourselves to the creative process and we understood how taking, opening a book, taking reference. At that time, there was no Pinterest and there was sure. not many things on Google as you find right now. So um, it was like really how important it was to really know exactly what kind of books, what kind of reference you want and how to build up with that and how to use your notebook, for example, which is part of my, our process. Yeah, you were, you were showing us a whole lot about yeah. the notebook. And yeah. it, the way that you were talking about it, you clearly, you're going to museums, you're going to galleries, you're mm. going to parks, you're going yeah. all over the place and looking at objects. Steal and the objects. <laughs> Steal the forms. Stealing the forms and <laughs> yeah. 
just obsessing over the visual language of everything around you. Yeah, and I think that's where there's a universal universal language that you establish when you use a shape. There's like nothing more universal than drawing and I think before writing. So that's our main preliminary concept. And when we started, we were in a very naive way, just let's do this. But then that became more and more serious. And I think uh, for 16 years, it's been it's still as my, my, my artwork as an artist and as a painter still comes from that. I think that's been growing. I've been always very interested in, in also in in religious shapes and religious sure. and ma- magic and not occultism as a bad thing, but the history of magic in general and how... I mean, there, you were also showing a lot of stuff about just an interest in like historic like historical human creation yeah. and anthropology, anthropology in general yeah. yeah like i think man-made objects have a, a very interesting what do you say connotation or the, everything that is man-made has like an intentionality to yeah. the object yeah and there's something that there's information it's like data it. it's like data it's like there's information there if you take an oh, that's what i'm learning right now with uh, this touch designer it's like, That's and awesome. Been, a lot of people come through here doing touch designer. We have people who do oh touch yeah. designer here. Well, I'm trying to solve a problem. And it's so, how can I take a shape into data? And I, it's been, I know there's a lot of problems with touch designer and illustrator, which is the, 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 the place where I'm, and, uh, and XML is like maybe the only way you can take information like that, the vector. But touch designer does is not friendly with that so i've been trying and no i'm gonna have to talk to someone but uh, oh, i i wish blake was in the studio right now oh yeah we got somebody who'd be like the yeah pers- perfect person to talk to. oh great i've done some experiments but not able to really translate the data of these shapes and i think there will be some magic there because i want to create some some movement with that data I don't know. This is something you can do, and I can't wait to see it. Yeah, I will. I, I'm gonna have to try a little bit. So let's go back to the the timeline here. You one of your first one of your first clients at your studio was Fisher Spooner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you got a lot of you did a lot of work with the music industry. What's your relationship to the music industry in general? To music yourself? I think music is one of the most important. Music and film, film obviously, but uh, but I I've been before before even going to. School, cool in Boston always since I'm a kid I I collect music I make mixtapes I make these little tapes and I was only my group of friends the one I will make the the illustrations of the covers with markers and and every TDK tape (laughs) metal sure sure yeah so I was that was my first like a graphic my first you know graphic design work designing the covers of mixtapes you're making for your friends yeah yeah, and they are trying to copy the same typography into the the spines of the cassettes. And, and I've always been really, I think it comes from, from my grandfather. I've always been very obsessed with music and collecting. I'm a little bit of an obsessive collector person. So I collect vinyls, I collect tapes, I collect things. So music was like, I like yeah, part of that. And from right now, I have, have a dense collections of music from all over the world and in different hard drives and vinyls. So yeah, I think music is part of my life as much as filmmaking and, and art and, and that's why I think working for the music industry was always like wow that, that would be perfect so sure but it was not always the say the, it's not as beautiful as it sounds who are some of the musicians that you've worked with tons of them are not known <laughs> but from the known people we have worked with Madonna and we work with uh, 
Key Lies, Katy Perry, Nelly Furtado, we did the rebranding of her logo and the new album. But we have done work for, we have worked with also big artists like Terry Riley. We did a poster. Uh, yeah. Fi- um, I just saw him at uh, Pioneer Works. Oh, oh, wow. It was yeah, amazing. Yeah. yeah, Philip Glass, we also did a work poster That's for awesome. him. As a gift to the studio, I'm just going to let everybody oh, else Matador know about Record. that. The, the Matador Records. Yeah. Uh, this is poster mm-hmm. for a show. And at the yeah. Palms in 2010, right? Yeah, yeah there was a, the, the show for the 20 years of Matador Records, and the show was in Vegas, so we did a hand screen print poster. It's beautiful. Yeah, thank you. And yeah, the, there was one thing that I didn't talk about in the, in before, and that's also, I, I work on printmaking and papermaking at my school for almost four and a half years. We always have, I think production design is one of the managing production, is a big aspect for us and it's very frustrating when a project doesn't have printing for us printing is a, is a nice we really thing. love printing we love printing we love paper we love inks and we, we love to be involved in the process when, so every time we work with a print we always use the same people that are our friends and they let us in, inside the, the printing process they we can take decisions together. Even if the client doesn't care, <laughs> we're just there. <laughs> There's something I've noticed about, about the work you were showing where you really like to have ownership over every aspect from even the beginning of the language of what you're doing. You, you take these shapes from objects and you create this design language that then informs your designs. And then you want to... You, you create the processes that you make it, you do the production design, and then you try to ro- control the rollout and the brand and everything about it because I feel like the entirety of the process is important to the integrity of it for you. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. I think we it's, it's, it's something that we we always have dreamed that works perfectly. But, uh, but yeah, we I think... Most importantly, more than even doing a lot of things, I think it's being able to take a project when, and that rarely happens when the project is at, at the, at the in this conceiving stage, when the project still doesn't have any creative input, when you have to start with a white, with a real white canvas. For me, it's really difficult when you get a project and you already have most of the graphic language. Uh, establish finishing cons- someone else's uh, yeah. work is difficult and uh, exactly finishing someone else's work or vision is difficult and that's most of the time <laughs> so sure. especially when you're doing it as business yeah so opening an agency uh, and a studio is one of the things you have to learn is you have to give up a lot of your you i'm very i'm a capricorn and i'm really i want to do things <laughs> a certain way <laughs> got a friend who says capricorns are work doms <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. I, 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 some, I, you, know, you have to learn through the years that you have to give up. You have to, you have to. Who was the astrologer in the picture? Is that Monica, my wife now? Your wife, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah she, she always been a, an astrologer, a, a so a creative. And it's funny because we always been in astrology a, is a creative field as well. It is, and mixing both. Right now, she's working for a perfume. One of the first clients is a perfume uh, house called Heretic Perfume, and they're doing great. I think, I think Winnie Patrol is part of it, and Dita Vontis, main creative director is Douglas Little. The they're all clients <laughs> and they uh, Monica started uh, when we shared with them that we were because we knew that they had a lot of sensibility with mystical world so we 
they were so happy to work with her and now she's the one working with them writing for every month some sort of she also specializes in herbs and so that she's mixing so once again that that sort of cultural tradition that mystical cultural tradition and the informing the creative process yeah she always been an astrologer and i believe it or not we always use astrology in, sure, in, sure. In, in our process and even when not understanding the client it's like what's wrong with this guy she's she's taking really seriously this and and she's doing she's starting but she's doing great it takes a lot of guts to really jump and change your direction but i think we are in a life in a moment in life where in a moment in the in the lifetime in the world where you have to choose whether you are want to be happy or not things are changing so drastically We're living right now in this craziness with sure, the virus and sure. all that you have to change this and no so yeah like we we have to we decided to this it, it, is a time where you want to do and change your direction and i'm doing the same a way i want to become more uh, a, a creative director agent <laughs> not an agency so i i want to be able to to my dream is to collaborate more and that was something that I was not really accomplishing before. We were more like into the working ourselves as a team, as a duo. Right now, I, I want to share more my experiences and work with other people and create and work with other people in creative process. So yeah, I think that bit's becoming pretty important to me. And that's a change. And also part of me also wants to dedicate to art. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, the, you're doing a perfect transition to what I was yeah. going to ask next. We're definitely going to link to a lot of your work and some of your art as well on this. What next? What is happening right now? Are you working on that you're looking forward to working on? Right now, I'm, I'm doing creative consultancy for um, brands. Right now, I'm working with a tequila <laughs> brand and artisanal tequila. And yeah, like taking the role of a creative director. And, and then as an artist, I am... My big plans are being able to continue this um, research of forms, uh, but taking it into a more art world. And that's what I'm doing, Touch Designer, too. I wanted to create... You want to make uh, something more phys- more yeah. like interactive and... Yeah, and, and, and I want to be able to, to have more time to express myself and, and, and use my other time to, to collaborate. I think collaboration for me is something that I can... The other thing that I have plans for the future is to teach. Uh, I would love to teach. and You're yeah, going to have a really informative know. class, <laughs> I feel like. Yeah, I would love to. I try already at ITP, but I'm going to keep trying other places. And it's, it's something that the future for me right now is, uh, as Monica is doing, is we're, we're changing directions. It's not completely clear, but it, I have to tell you one thing. I'm happier. That's wonderful. Yeah, it's important. It's important, I think, the most important thing when you're doing anything in the world, creatively or not creatively, but creatively mostly, better, <laughs> is uh, to, to, to be able to answer this question of, are you happy with what you're doing? And then uh, the other question is, do you like the people that you're working with? So if those, the answer to those two questions is yes, you're fine. You're completely fine. You are a successful person. It's even if you don't have money, even if you work in your in a in a in a hole, you are a successful person. So that, I think those are the the questions for the future for everyone because the future is all clear to me. Francisco, thank you so much for coming and best of luck with everything. Thank you.